Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team it's drive time now welcome to tribe talk on the cleveland indians radio network tribe talk is brought to you by progressive helping indians fans save hundreds on car insurance Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Minneapolis where the Indians are taking on the Twins in a four-game weekend series. Coming up later on in our show, we will hear from Indians outfielder Josh Naylor, catcher Austin Hedges, also Brian Shaw, Tribe reliever, and we'll also hear from James Harris, the Indians vice president of player development, with an update on the farm system. But first, to look back at our weekend review, the Indians with a win on Monday night in Chicago against the Cubs. They got the scoring started in the second inning with this blast from Bobby Bradley. In the middle of the rubber, Elzelai starts his windup. Here it comes. Swing and a high fly ball, deep left field. Back goes Peterson, track, wall, gone! That's how you break it all for 14. You hit an opposite field home run into the wind. And into the left field bleachers. And, of course, it's an Indians home run. So the fan chucks it almost hitting the second base umpire in shallow center. And Bobby Bradley with his fifth home run. And a great sign when he starts going opposite field again. And the Indians take a 1-0 lead on a home run to left by Bobby Bradley with two down. And that's into a pretty significant breeze. The Indians increased the lead in the fifth inning. They had a runner aboard with Josh Naylor at the plate. Another payoff pitch coming to Josh Naylor. Here it is. There goes Bradley, and the pitch is driven high and deep, headed to the bleachers in right center. Home run, Naylor! A two-run shot for Josh Naylor 
And the Indians now lead 3 nothing. And again, he, he said on the warm-up show he, he's been feeling better at the plate. Had gone through a, a tough patch, but worked hard to get through it. That is number six on the season for Naylor. 20 driven in now for Josh Naylor. In the bottom of the fifth, though, another huge blow to the Indians' starting pitching rotation. Aaron Savali had to leave the game with a finger injury that we know now will keep him out of action for a minimum of four to five weeks. So Tito turned to Brian Shaw to come in in a tough spot without any warning, and Shaw answered the call. As Shaw looks in, fastball cutter, slider. Here's his pitch. Swung on, bouncing ball near the middle, corralled by Rosario, fires on to first in time for the out. Shaw gets the job done with one pitch, and we'll head to the sixth. Shaw would continue and cruise through the sixth inning. That's when Nick Whitgren was clutch in the seventh. And now they're on their feet. No scoreboard is telling them to stand or make noise. These folks do it all on their own. What an atmosphere. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. How is Whitgren fired up, screaming as he leaves the mound? It's June 21st, but this is quite an atmosphere, folks. The Indians added a run in the eighth. Cesar Hernandez scoring on a wild pitch. Then James Karinchak was on in the ninth to try and finish the shutout bid. Again, the Cubs down to their last strike. Karinchak's ready. Here it comes. Pitch number 23. Swing and a miss. Curveball got away. Rivera picks it up. Spins, throws to first. Good stretch by Naylor. Ball game. Wow, not the way you diagram it, but the Indians get it. And a shutout for the tribe pitching staff. Final tonight, Cleveland four and Chicago nothing. So a solid win for the Indians on Monday night, but it was all Cubs on Tuesday night at Wrigley, a 7-1 victory to earn a split of the two-game series. Off day Wednesday for the Indians, and then the opener of a series Thursday in Minneapolis, and the Twins jumped in front in the first inning, scoring on a wild pitch by Tribe starter J.C. Mejia, but he would get through it and allow just that one run, and then in the second inning, Austin Hedges delivered a big base hit to tie the game. Now the one-two pitch. Swung on, broken bat, flare to left on the run. It drops in front of a rise, a base hit. That'll aim as Bradley scores, and Austin Hedges with a broken bat flare single down the left field line, ties the game at one. His RBI is number eight, and a broken 0 for 13 skid. And on the mound after the early command problems for Mejia, he really found a groove and turned in an impressive outing. 1-1 game, sixth inning, two down. Kepler awaiting the payoff pitch from Mejia. Here it comes. Strike three, call. Painted the outside corner, and what a job by J.C. Mejia tonight. Six innings, allowing one run. We go to the seventh, Minnesota-Cleveland, one-to-one on the Cleveland Clinic, Indians Radio Network. In the eighth inning, the Indians broke the tie with another hit for the red-hot hitting Eddie Rosario. Indians twins tied at one. Bases loaded, one out, eighth inning, infield, partway in, about even with the bags. The pitch, and it's swung on, ground ball, base hit to center. 
That'll score Hedges. Here comes Ahmed Rosario. On his way to third, Jose Ramirez. And Eddie Rosario gets a little sweet revenge. He bangs a two-run single to center after they walked the batter ahead of him, even with first base occupied. Three to one. The Indians take the lead. Eddie Rosario now with 41 runs batted in. And that might be, in his mind, his biggest hit of the season. Later in the eighth, Bobby Bradley drove in one more with a fielder's choice to make it a 4-1 to Tribe advantage. And in the ninth, Karinchek was on once again to slam the door shut. He fires, runner goes to third, pitch swung on, bounce to first, chest high hop, Naylor flips to first, ball game. So the Indians come to Minneapolis and win game one in this weekend, four game series. The final tonight, Cleveland four and Minnesota one. So the Indians took the opener of the series Thursday, but on Friday night in a wild back and forth ball game, the Twins won it by a final score of eight to seven. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians outfielder Josh Naylor and also catcher Austin Hedges. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Each game is a brand new beginning. It's the hits, the homers, the double plays. It's how you feel when we win. So catch Indian Fever. Be a believer with the Cleveland Indians. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. <laughs> I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Now the set by Quantrill, hands belt high, delivers. And it's swung on, hammered high, deep to right field. Back is Naylor on the track, jumps in front of the wall and made a nice catch. He delivers. And it's hit a ton to deep right center field. And this ball gone. Josh Naylor with another bomb. The Indians fourth and his seventh of the year. And the Indians now trailing it 8-7 here in inning number 9. And for Robles, the fourth home run he's allowed this year. And now the Indians are one swing of the bat away from tying the game. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Minneapolis and Target Field where the Indians are taking on the Twins this weekend. Josh Naylor has had some big hits of late for the Indians, and uh, many have come off of lefties, and we had a chance to catch up with him earlier in the week. He says he enjoyed that added challenge, and sometimes it helps his swing get back on track. Yeah, I mean, I love facing lefties. Anytime you get to face a lefty, it's, it's, it's a huge challenge, and, it, and it's a great challenge because you can always learn. Um, when you face a lefty as a lefty, I feel like, you know, you have to stay in line with, with the pitch, with um, with your body. you got to stay to center field, and it can really show you if you're truly pulling off or not. So facing a lefty, is it's, it's huge for a left-handed bat. It really, I think it helps you get back on track. 
game-winning base hit yesterday. And, and Josh, obviously, you go through ups and downs through the course of the season. Uh, when you do go through a tough patch, what do you try and do to, to get back on track and, and be the hitter that we've seen on, on a lot of occasions this year? Um, just kind of go back to basics, uh, see the ball, hit the ball, don't think too much about counts or, or pitches, and just, just be selective kind of in your zone. And it'll all come back. You know, baseball's a game of failure, like you said, and it's tough as it is. And if we could just simplify it as much as we can, we're going to be successful. And as you get deeper into this season, is, is it helpful that – you get to go out there and work through anything and, and try and get back on track that way? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can be on the field, whether it's practice or a game, it's a blessing because you get to work on your whole game and you get, you get, you know, see what needs improving, see what, what you can work on a little bit or whether it's defensively or offensively. So anytime we're on the field, I mean, as a group or as individuals, I feel like it, we have to take it serious because, you know, this is our game. This is our kind of our our tools we got to sharpen. So it's great just to be out here any chance you get. National League Park, so National League rules. You're in the National League for a long time with the Padres. Any difference to you, or is it really the same game? Um, it's the same game, but it, it's, it's different also. I mean, you have the pitcher hitting, and uh, if you're on the bench that day, you kind of just got to watch each inning go by and, and you know study the game a little bit on the bench and, and know when it's it could be time to, to pinch hit or double switch may happen. So you always got to kind of be on your toes and just, just watching the game in this type of uh, game in National League. And Wrigley Field, one of the tra traditional parks. You like coming here? Love it. No, this place is very it's historic. It's it's electric when when the fans get here, and and the stadium itself. It just it it brings such good vibes to it. All right, Josh. Thanks for the time. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Indians outfielder Josh Naylor, who has gone through a real nice stretch of the plate of late. Bouncing back from a, a stint on the concussion IL. Austin Hedges was back in the lineup on Thursday night in Minnesota, collected a couple of base hits, also had a big two-run single in the game on Friday night that helped the Indians take a momentary lead. And he says that concussion IL isn't always the easiest, but he, he felt he took every precaution possible coming back from a head injury. Yeah, with head injuries, it's always the, they're a little bit more difficult than anything else. Like with, you know, an arm injury, a hamstring, things like that, like, it's more it's it's more clear how to handle it you know it's like you got a hamstring strain this is two to four weeks or this is a few days off this is this treatment that treatment with with head injuries you never really know it's there's a wide variance of of what types of concussions they are so there's a lot of testing that has to be done and really in general it's just a really weird feeling of of just not feeling right knowing like there's something off and really the only way of knowing that you're right is it just happens like it's weird it's hard to describe like I could tell you like about a week ago, like, I just, I was not feeling right. Like, people could tell, too. And then probably three or four days later, you know, you wake up one day, I'm out at the field, and I'm like, okay, this is right. Like, something about my head, my mind was just, was back to normal. So, um, luckily, it wasn't a long time, um, but but it was definitely necessary. And it, it really didn't look like you missed a beat last night, a couple of base hits, and uh, called a good game. Did, 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 were you surprised you were able to jump right back in after missing some time? Um, I mean, not necessarily. Um, in a way, like, uh, I was able to work on a lot of things uh, over the course of that time um, and, and just do some work in the cage with our hitting coaches and stuff. But, um, you know, over the, over the course of the year, just, just trusting my plan in the box. And, and it's always just nice to be able to go out and execute and see some results because sometimes you go out there and you execute what you're trying to do, and the game of baseball doesn't always reward you. So to go out there and get a couple hits and help the team win was really fun. You're catching J.C. Mejia, a young pitcher with great stuff, and – he was all over the place early, but then seemed to settle in nicely. And 
Uh, what can you do to help a kid in that situation when maybe it doesn't go well right out of the shoot? I'm just trying to make him comfortable. That's one of the big things, you know, uh, that's what we're trying to do against each other as opposing teams is trying to make the other person uncomfortable, whether it's the pitcher or the hitter. Whoever's kind of in the driver's seat, the guy that's comfortable doing his thing, going to his strengths versus the other guy, like trying to trying to counter that. And sometimes I think we overthink attacking the hitter's weaknesses and, and trying to get them out as opposed to, you know, what what is my guy going to be able to command right here? What does he have? What's his stuff going today? And what are his strengths? And um, and I think Mejia and myself were able to do a good job at sticking to his strengths and um, making the adjustments that we needed to throughout the game. And for him to go six for us um, was absolutely huge, uh, you know, in the situation where uh, we got some hurt starting pitchers and uh, the bullpen's having to do a lot of work. So for him to go out and do that, uh, you know, it's hats off to him, and he was outstanding yesterday. So flip side of that, you have Cal Quantrill tonight. Some familiarity there. How different is it with him? Yeah, I mean, basically every guy's different. Just just working with their personalities is is my is my main job. Like like I said, so like how I'm going to make uh, Mejia comfortable is going to be different than I'm going to try and make Cal comfortable. They got different types of pitches. Some similar, some different. Um, but with Cal, you know, uh, I know the guy very well, so I know what what um, he likes to throw. I know what motivates him. Uh, and, um, you know, just try, trying to get him in the strike zone, get strike one. Um, it's a different role than being in the bullpen. So so with him, like, uh, it's not necessarily go after guys with, um, you know, knowing I got 10 to 20 pitches to work with. we got to try and figure out a way to get him through six, seven innings. And um, when that's the case, uh, we have to be a little bit more creative. And so the communication is the biggest thing before and uh, during the game. Uh, we just got to be talking and making our adjustments uh, with whatever the Twins are going to do. Austin Hedge is joining us, trap catcher. If you've been to a game, watch it on TV. You know that uh, Austin Hedges goes with the long hair. Look at the flow. People call it the flow in the game. Uh, how did that originate, and, and how did you become known for that, at, at least in different circles? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, a, probably a good amount of that comes from just pure laziness, uh, just refusing to go get a haircut. <laughs> now, wait a minute. That's not a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, during COVID last year, you couldn't go get a haircut. So I let it go. I was like, all right, here's the time. I was able to, you know, while I was quarantined in my house, I didn't have to go in public during the awkward stage, which which it wasn't a good luck. Trust me on that one. Uh, and then eventually the, the flow started coming. And I, I haven't had a haircut in like a year and a half now. But it's probably time to, to groom it a little bit, maybe for, you know, maybe take an inch off, fade the sides a little bit, try and try and have a little bit of a better look. It's, it's getting a little sloppy at times. But the overall flow is, you know, it's kind of it's a fun looking baseball. And so I'm riding it out. What's the difference between flow and lettuce? You heard lettuce as a term that, that people use for the long hair. Lettuce is kind of all the negative things I've heard from away, away fans. They call it lettuce, so I'm not a big fan of that. I feel like the the more uh, respectful term is flow. Um, so I don't want to hear any of that lettuce talk. It's all flow. We covered some ground today. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> You're welcome. Always fun and interesting to catch up with Austin Hedges, uh, one of the the colorful people in the game of baseball today, to be sure. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll have more from Minneapolis as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues. Boy, what a summer it should be at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Welcome back to Target Field, Minneapolis, where the Indians and the Twins are in the midst of a four-game series. Games on Saturday at 2:10 and Sunday at 2:10 to wrap up this long three-city road trip for the Tribe. 
Well, one of the keys to the Indians' bullpen all season long has been the work of Brian Shaw. He came on to relieve Aaron Savali on short notice after Savali injured his finger during Monday's game in Chicago. And when we caught up with Brian over in Chicago, he talked about how he's able to get loose quick and be ready to pitch at a moment's notice. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I've had to come in that type of situation more times than I'd like to have, obviously. Um, I think that's probably my fifth time doing that, and um, obviously that means that something's happened to a guy before me, and obviously you never want that, but um, it, it was, no, I, I just we just got done doing our stretches and getting ready uh, because the fifth inning, it's usually the time we stretch anyways, so, you know, nice and loose, ready to go when we got out there, so I was able to get, you know, ready a little quicker and obviously, uh, you know, be ready to go uh, a little faster. And you're in a period of time here where the bullpen's been leaned on a lot just because of circumstances in the starting rotation. Do you welcome that, though? Because it seems like you thrive on a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to pitch. You know, I know the guys down there love to pitch. You know, everybody wants to get in the game, wants to be the guy that, uh, you know, does something for us whenever we can. So, you know, me especially, you know, when I go multiple days without pitching, you know, I, I feel worse. Um, you know, I, I like to be out there as much as possible and, you know, get, get going. I know Tito says it. You never ask for a day. How do you know when, when there's too much going on and, and you do need a day? Is that something that's even in, in your mind? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I know I know my body. I know my arm. You know, I know how I feel every day, obviously. Um, you know, I, I never want them to tell me I'm down. Um, you know, I, I will tell them. You know, there's been a few times this year. Uh, I think I did three in a row or four, four in a row, something like that earlier on. Um, you know, needed 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 a day, but they, they they're few and far between. Um, but no, we're we're honest. You know, a lot of the guys down there, we're honest with them. You know, they they're getting to know most of the guys and you know understanding what we can and you know how much we can do and go. Uh, you know, each time and you know they're they're pretty good about it. So you know, just being honest with the, with them about it, they're they're good. Brian, uh, you know, in spring training, you make the club. It's a nice feel good story, and now it's much more than that. You're a key part of this bullpen. Um, has, have you had enough time now into the season to say, you know what, all that work that you did to, to make some changes and, and get to a good place has really paid off for you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I felt that way obviously coming into spring, you know, once season started and, you know, we're a couple months in now and, you know, the arm feels good, body feels good, you know, throwing the ball well. Um, obviously, we have a lot of guys down there throwing the ball well um, as well. And, you know, just for me personally, you know, just, just happy that, like you said, it, it's showing the the work essentially that I've put in this offseason, the things that I've done to try to, you know, get back to being as good as I know I can be, you know, for whatever team I'm on. And obviously, it just so happens, you know, that it's this the Indians this year. And the other side of this dynamic is you have some young pitchers down there who have gone out of their way to say that you have helped them. Um, do you know that 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 uh, they feel that way about you? And if so, what have you done to try and help them along? Yeah, I mean, you know, being around for a while, you know, we have me down there. You know, you have Wit down there. He's got you know a few years, but you know, the rest of the guys, other than us two, uh, Parker now, obviously. Um, other than that, you know, we have a lot of young guys. First year, first couple years, you know, and they, you know what I was taught at a younger younger age was to basically watch listen and learn you know from the guys that you know go about stuff the way they do stuff the way they handle themselves the way they do their you know prep work this that everything else and I think a lot of the guys that we have down there you know do that they're very observant of you know not only me you know you have um, like I said you know Parker now and Wit and even uh, you know Phil down there you know you got these guys that have done it for a while and been around and obviously had success at it and 
you know, the younger guys are do a good job of, you know, not necessarily asking questions. They ask some questions sometimes, obviously, but, you know, it's more just about, you know, watching what the older guys do and how they go about certain things when things happen. It seems like a great mix down there. Brian, thanks a lot for coming. I appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you. That's Brian Shaw, who's having a, a renaissance year for him after three seasons of really struggling away from the Indians, but now he's back in the fold and throwing as well as he did the first time around. Well, stay with us. We'll have our final segment of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Shaw's pitch. Swung on, got it in on his hands, and it results in a lazy fly to center. Ahmed Rosario bangs the glove on his thigh, reaches up and snags it, and Brian Shaw, old reliable, has come through again. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, base is loaded. This is what it's all about. And here's the pitch. Oh, a deep drive to center, way back. This could go all the And now a message from our sponsor. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and round-the-clock protection. Progressive. Oh. I can't believe it. Did that really just happen? Folks, you'll never forget where you were when you heard that call. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Drive with a precarious two to one lead two down in the seventh runners at the corners the pitch hit on a line shot to deep center Zimmer going back reaches up makes the catch and so Trevor Stephan pounds his glove walking into that first base dugout he's come through with a scoreless seventh and the Indians stay on top of the Buccos two to one going to the eighth Jim Rosenhouse back with you, our final segment of Tribe Talk from Minneapolis. And don't forget, many ways to pick up the show each week. You can do so on the Indians Radio Network each uh, Saturday. It uh, usually airs a little bit before game time of that Saturday's game. You can also pick it up at Indians.com or as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. James Harris is the Indians Vice President of Player Development, and uh, we talked to him about the Columbus Ball Club at AAA this week. And he says with all the injuries on the pitching front, there are challenges with so much transition on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. So our role here is to support the major league team as well as continue to help these players develop. So um, we've been able to do that. The names have changed over the, the course of the season, but that the mission does not change. And when you look at, at some of the names that, that you're trying to used to fill out the, the starting rotation, a uh, Kevin Herget, a uh, Heath Fillmeyer we've seen before at the Royals, um, a Matt Cook. How do you go about finding these guys, and, and, and why are they available uh, to be able to plug in, especially in this year where maybe it's a little bit different? Yeah, after a year off, I don't think anyone at the beginning of the season knew what these depth options were going to be. So teams brought players like this to camp, um, gave them opportunities to compete for spots. Some guys made made teams and some guys different didn't but when we had opportunities they were available they were pitching they were ready to go and they were having some success whether it be an indie ball or other teams and we felt like they could help us and they've come in and filled in right away and i know you mentioned that you do have some pitchers within the system coming back from injury been at different levels and explain who they are and, and how they could be helpful down the road yeah there's guys within our system that is that are either in triple a because they've performed at other other levels like a francisco Perez and garza or guys coming back from injury like a Ben Croft. 
But either way, they're in there, they're helping us, they're developing at the same time, and they're hoping to be options in the future. And you do have that three pitchers there that we hear a lot about in terms of Tristan McKenzie, Logan Allen, and Scott Moss. And and for those three, uh, how has their progress gone? I know there have been some injuries that some are trying to work through, but uh, but where are they at right now in terms of, of at least progressing and, and trying to make an impact? It gets back to the, the mission of being ready to help our major league team as well as continuing to develop for, for some. Um, like, a, like a Moss, he's working to make sure that he's healthy and can, can stay healthy consistently so he can, can help us at the major league level and continue to work on, on his stuff. Um, he's heading in, in that direction. Guys like, like Logan Allen and Tristan McKenzie are, are both have, we've seen them at the major league level so far. They're working specifically on ways to be able to help us in the future, as well as at the drop of a, a hat could be up there pitching for us, uh, in Cleveland, uh, to, to help us. So again, they're, they're, they're working on both head is trending in a, in a great direction. We're excited about what they can do for us. And they're going to be ready if the phone calls. James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development, talking AAA Columbus, which has been a revolving door on, on a lot of days. But there are some uh, some steady players there. Um, Andres Jimenez started the year at shortstop with the Indians and uh, has been sent back to the AAA level. What's he working on and, and how much progress has he made? Uh, it still is a very young player. Yeah, he's a young player and he's did some great things for us at the major league level and you can kind of see that there will be more opportunities for him to play and continue to develop it in triple a as he prepares to help us in the future and he will so i mean loved his love his attitude love his work he's he's in there most days at shortstop and it's it's exciting to see him work and, and continue to stay prepared for when there's an opportunity to help our major league team and for a player like owen miller who who got a chance at the major league level and now has gone back what are some of the most important things when he returns to that AAA level to, to make sure he's aware of and, and working on? Yeah, what's what's great about Owen is that he can play multiple positions. We don't know exactly where our needs going to be at the major league level, but we don't necessarily might not have that opportunity at the major league level today. But he's in AAA preparing, getting every day at bats, playing multiple positions. So when we need him at the at the major league level, he'll be ready to go. He comes in with hard work, great attitude. Um, he's shown what he can do with, with the bat. We're really excited about him as well as the, the other guys, but I mean, that's what he's, he's doing right now. And he's, he's doing a good job. at. And two outfielders, uh, familiar names, Daniel Johnson and Oscar Mercado. Uh, we've seen them both at the major league level. Uh, what are you trying to get to with them in terms of things that they're working on to, to try and get back on the radar? Yeah, I think it follows the, the same, same theme is like, if you look at, who our position players are at the major at the major league level, and then you look at a guy like Oscar Mercado, who's been there before. Daniel Johnson's been there before. Jimenez has been there before. Miller's been there before. There's a lot of guys who have major league experience that's continuing to get more experience in AAA, so they can be able to be prepared for that next opportunity. And you have a couple of guys uh, down there on rehab assignments: Fran Mill Reyes, Roberto Perez. Now, I know you've you've touched on this in the past. Uh, what can they do? aside from just getting themselves in, in order to, to be able to come back and help the major league club. But uh, what type of impact can that have on some of the other players there, especially some younger players? It's awesome to have them there for guys to see them work, to have the conversations about what they're seeing kind of at the major league level. They're, they're friends because they play together both at the, at the major league level and um, in, in the minor league. So it's, it's great to have those guys around 
Um, we're, it's one big organization, so it's it's the gap between AAA and the, the major league team is not as big as it, it may seem. Um, just in the industry of baseball, it's really close. And in fact, there's guys that are going to be at the major league level who at some point are going to be in AAA, and there's guys in AAA at some point are going to be at the major league level. So that revolving door uh, has to keep people ready, regardless of why they're there. If they're there to get healthy, great. If they're there to build up their workload, great. If they're there to continue to develop, that all of those things can happen in AAA with our staff led by Andy Tracy. Yeah, I know he's uh, been busy with a, a lot of different names and faces coming and going, but uh, the Clippers roll on and, and certainly have been helping the tribe from time to time. James, thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's James Harris, Indians Vice President of Player Development. And we will conclude this week's show with a tribe tale from Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio. It's time for another Tribe Tale with Bob DiBiasio. Joining me now in this special My Greatest Game edition of Tribe Tales is former Tribe pitcher and Hall of Famer Bert Blylevin. The date's September 12, 1984. The Tribe is on the West Coast, 21,561 at Anaheim Stadium. Bert, you toss a gem, a complete game two-hitter to beat the California Angels 7-1. to It was win number 17 during a terrific 1984 season. Well, thank you, Bobby. First of all, thank you for having me, and uh, I wish I could remember that. No, I, I, uh, you know what? I always pitched well in Anaheim because I grew up in the area. My mom and dad were there in the stands, you know, and that's a lot of pressure when your uh, pops is up there and, you know, you expect to win. But, you know, those games uh, are, are something that I will never forget. Uh, playing the game of baseball as long as I did, 23 years, and having the opportunity to pitch games like that, uh, 60 shutouts, and in that ball game I gave up a, a, probably a home run won, to lose yeah. the shutout, but, uh, <laughs> which was typical of me. But all in all, you know, being a Cleveland Indian for five years, I really enjoyed myself, really had a great time. You gave up two hits that day, as we mentioned, one to uh, a guy that had a few in his career, Rod Carew, had a single off you, but uh, also you gave up a solo homer to Brian Downing That's in the seventh. Unbelievable! <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> as we were talking, you gave up five one game, right? <laughs> yes, I did. That I... wouldn't be part of your greatest uh, game uh, No, I think I lost that ball game. Thank you. <laughs> 22 three-year career, man, Hall of Fame career, 287 wins. You were 30 innings shy of 5,000 innings pitched. You have to be proud of that. Yeah, I really am. I wanted those 30 innings. I wanted 4,000 strikeouts. I felt if I could have played a couple more years, but, uh, you know, the good Lord let me uh, play a long time. It was a lot of fun, but I knew at the end when I'm 42 years old and couldn't lift my shoulder anymore, and I could went to spring training with the Twins in 1993, but my shoulder never came back the way that I wanted because I was a guy that always wanted to complete the games, and if I could go four or five innings, I could pitch in today's game. <laughs> I still could, but uh, you know, I wanted to go nine. I wanted that shutout. I wanted because you know what shutouts are good for, Bob? If you pitch a shutout, like Len Barker pitched the perfect game, best game I ever saw that I was on the field. I saw the perfect game that David Wells did against the Twins in New York, but being on the field with Lenny Barker yeah. when he threw that perfect game is unbelievable game. That I'll always remember that. Well, that was a, a remarkable day. We just celebrated the 38th anniversary, May 15th, and we talked about just the previous outing that you had with uh, a no-hitter going. Yeah. Um, 
in Toronto as well. A ball got out, lost in the lights. Larry yeah. Littleton had a no-hitter going in, and uh, first hitter, I believe, I don't know who it was, but hit a ball to left field. And uh, he, I think Dave Garcia just put in Littleton as a defensive replacement. Correct. Hit the heel of his glove, <laughs> and they gave him a double. But you know what? That happens. But, uh, no, congratulations, Lenny Parker. Lenny and Joe talk about how Lenny went to Dave Garcia and said, if you think about taking Joe out of this game, don't you dare. <laughs> well, I still I still picture Rick Manning making the final catch with against uh, in Parker's game uh, at the stadium here. Five years with the Tribe, uh, the best recollections. You know, we had some pretty good teams. We had some great pitching, uh, inconsistent offense, but there were some pitching staffs with you and Sutt and John Denny and the group, man. They were fun to watch. We had, you know, Dan Spillner was our closer at that time, and he did a great job. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Rick Waits was there. We had a lot of – we had some good arms on that ball club. It's just sad that we couldn't get to that next level, and that was postseason. Well, I was uh, proud and honored to be present at the uh, ceremony in Cooperstown. That still probably gives you chills. Uh, it was, uh, again, one of the highlights of my career to, to be in Cooperstown, to see you be inducted. And, again, it probably still gives you goosebumps. Uh, it's still, you know, it's something that, Bob, believe me, you don't dream about it when you're playing the game. After the fact, you start looking at your numbers and say, well, maybe they are, you know, haul up. Hall of Fame bound. It took me a long time, 14 years to get in, but uh, I figured one thing that my last name is Bly Levin, <laughs> and I went into in the Hall of Fame in 2011. Eleven. So that's why the writers were waiting to put me in. <laughs> You're into numerology. All right. <laughs> Never knew that about you. Bert, always a treat when we get to visit, sir. So thank you for taking us out at a trip down memory lane and on behalf of tribe fans everywhere we wish you and yours the very best no, thank you Bobby thank you very much Bert Blylevin our latest tribe tale that's Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio with another tribe tale and that will conclude this week's edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive thanks as always to Brian Motze for putting together our show each week we'll join you next weekend from home as the Indians will be in the midst of a nice homestand against the Tigers and the Astros at Progressive Field. Until then, I'm Jim Rosenhouse, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. 
that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.